0: Amen Didn't uh, Pastor Kevin do a wonderful job The last two weeks Amen (laughs) Hallelujah (laughs) Praise the Lord Well we're going to continue on Spirit Aware And now we're going to be talking about uh, A very powerful spirit We're going to get up to the To the level bosses If you want to call them that Uh, We've been talking about the, uh, the The drones and the Uh, The infantrymen, uh, Amalek, and then also the uh, spirit of fear and uh, the uh, familiar spirits. And now we're going to be getting into the level bosses. These are the big guys, the big guns. And so we're going to be looking at uh, the spirit of Leviathan, the spirit of Leviathan tonight. And we're going to learn how to resist and overcome the spirit of Leviathan. And I think as we go through this study, you'll find that the church and our nation as a whole has been infected with the spirit of Leviathan. So as we begin to define its terms biblically and begin to see how this spirit operates, we'll begin to deal with it in our own personal lives. Because Leviathan, God warns you that you don't mess with Leviathan. He says, if you put a hand to him, he said, you will remember the day and you will never do it again. That is how dangerous this spirit is. And this spirit can only be taken, as all spirits, can only be taken care of through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no weapon in our arsenal that gives us the ability to overcome other than our right standing with God and the authority that he gives us. So these things shouldn't cause us to be fearful. You shouldn't fear Leviathan. You should respect in the sense that you respect fire and, you know, electricity and, you know, uh, thunderstorms, you know, respect. But you shouldn't be where you are, you know, just overly paralyzed in fear over these because in Christ Jesus... He has given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Amen? But one of the things we need to understand is I want us to look at the book of Romans uh, and go back to um, a revelation that will help us understand this, this spiritual um, truth that we're about to bring in is that I shared with you that God shows us the spirit realm through His creation, okay? So when we start looking at things like Leviathan, and we start looking at Lord of the Flies, and we start looking at various things, serpents and scorpions, those words are used to give us uh, the capability of seeing something that's unseen, do you understand that so it's it you know jesus talked in 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 parabolic form you know he 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 said the kingdom of god is like and the 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 you know in various aspects of the kingdom of god is like this and like that you have to take the word like and understand what that means it doesn't mean it's exactly like that it just means that it's like that do you understand what i'm saying So there's information that we can get from nature and how God created nature and the aspects and personalities. Notice that demonic spirits are always referred to as either serpents or some kind of insect. And uh, this kind of gives you the idea that these are pests Uh, They are persistent. How many have dealt with some flies in your life? Okay Um, flies are consistently persistent and uh, I have one in my office the whole summer It's the whole summer. He just shows up He moves in in the summer sets up his little home in the corner of my office And then as I'm trying to write or something he comes over here and begins to and he just stays there And he he's a pest It it can ruin your day. Okay? A serpent, you know, uh, people, I don't like snakes. How about you? That's not something I want to run into. But you've been given the ability to tread on serpents and scorpions. And, you know, scorpions can get in through cracks and crevices and things of that nature, all kinds of insects. Locust is another insect that's used in regards to that. Locusts are one of the only Uh, Organisms that do not add or give back to the environment They just simply take so that's a type of a demonic spirit a demonic spirit only takes and never gives No matter what it promises you it will never deliver Hello, so look at uh, what Romans chapter 1 In verse number 20 uh, Let's see. I believe it's verse number 20. It says for his invisible attributes Namely, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So if we can know God and see God through the things that are made, then we can see other aspects of the spiritual world in the same way. So he likens us to trees So I can look at a tree and I can learn about my spiritual life and how I'm to grow. You know, I've got to have root system. You know, I have seasons. You know, I'm not an evergreen per se. I have seasons. Sometimes I lose my leaves. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I bear fruit. I bear much fruit. Sometimes I bear just a little bit of fruit, but I'm always bearing fruit. Come on. So he, he shows that. So we learn certain spiritual truths. By looking at nature, and when we come into speaking about Leviathan, Leviathan is a sea serpent. It's a it's 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 um, it's actually a, uh, a basically a form of chaos. Okay, it's a form of chaos. Uh, Leviathan kind of comes from Tiamat in the Assyrian uh, belief. Uh, also, uh, Zeus faced, uh, I can't remember, I've got the names of of all of them. He's mentioned in uh, throughout the, the Word of God. But you've got like uh, Zeus came against Typhon, which Typhon is a type of Leviathan. Uh, you've got Tiamat, you've got Yom, you've got um, um, Elianu, you know. You've got, uh, you know, even Thor faced a serpent-like spirit in these mythological, you know stories, okay? So we're, we're dealing with chaos when we're dealing with Leviathan, but we have to understand that Leviathan can only bring chaos in your life if you open the door to said chaos, but you have to understand what that door is. Okay? So that's what we're going to... You know, listen, if, if you can... If, if I knew that the enemy was going to come through that door, we've got three areas, maybe four or five areas that the uh, enemy can come in here. If I knew and had had secret information that they were going to come through this east entrance over here, I would put all my emphasis to shut that door would you not do that I would do all my em- I wouldn't be worrying about this door and I wouldn't be worrying about this door I would just say, we got to stop this door well that's what this does be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour whom resists steadfast in your faith is what the Greek says and so we have to we have to stand against these things but you know Uh, As we study this we need to understand that you don't need to look any further than your Bible to understand demonic spirits You don't need these new age books and uh, you know and and other you know things. It's it's interesting But you know the Lord would tell me he said listen you go to my word. He says if you want to know how demons work study Israel's enemies That's why they're there Okay Now, the Lord reminded me before I got up here about uh, Balaam. How many remember Balaam in the Bible? Numbers 22, Numbers 23, Numbers 24, the story of Balak, who was uh, the Moabite king who began to see Israel spread out just like the sand of the sea, got fearful because he knew what what they were capable of doing and that they had overtaken the Egyptians and crossed the Red Sea. He was quaking in his books, a uh, boots, not his books. <laughs> He's quaking in his boots. And so he calls for, you know, a a shaman. Okay? Now the amazing thing about uh, about Balaam that you've got to understand is Balaam is a type and shadow of the New Age Christianity that is being propounded today. Because Balaam talked to Yahweh. Let me say that again. Balaam talked to Yahweh. Every time he refers to the Lord, it is capitalized in your Bible. And when the Lord is capitalized, that's the Tetragrammaton. That's Yahweh Vahe. That is the name of God. The name of God that caused every scribe to have to wash every time he wrote it. Okay? He talked to Yahweh, but He was also entertained other gods. And that's the kind of the spiritism that's in our world today. is that we're okay. Jesus is just all right with me. But I also like to do my yoga, and I also like to do, you know, my meditation and things of that nature. Uh, You know, I used to get so excited as a Christian because, you know The kingdom of God is the most elaborate and most beautiful kingdom that there is But its representation in the earth realm is very plain Come on, let's just be honest. It's very plain Okay, so you don't have all the glitz and the glamour So anytime you hear of a star or a musician that has made a decision for Christ You get pretty excited about it. I I used to I don't anymore I don't anymore because I, I just, you know, but, but I used to get excited about it. And so I was excited when YouTube 2 began to rise in prominence and Bono, you know, he was very, very vocal about his belief and, and things of that nature. Prince. I many remember Prince? Purple Rain. There's churches that have used that for as a praise and worship song. I'm sorry. Prince. Let me tell you that, and I'm going to make my R&B people very mad. But Prince is a Balaam. He's a Balaam. He, he, he you know, one song is highly inspirational. I would die for you, uh, which gives allusions to Jesus. But then you got darling Nikki." Come on, I'm just you know some of you. To him that hath ears, let him hear. Okay, so this this um, sexuality that that he began to this uh, you know where you didn't know if he, you know if he was per- personifying a woman or a man. See, this is this is the kind of Christianity that we have to guard ourselves from. Just because someone says Jesus doesn't mean that they're a disciple. Jesus said it. Not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord. He clearly said that. And we've got a lot of people, you know, giving prayers, you know, down at the football field and things of that nature, and we just, we just kind of just think, okay, well, and we, we rejoice. But a man's fruit... Is how we judge, and people say, "Don't judge me." The Bible says to judge your fruit. The Bible says that. He says, "You will know them by their what." Okay, now I can't judge a man's heart. I can't judge a a, you know, you know. I can't judge and be in judgment over there, but I can judge his actions in regards to my dealings with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't you judge me. Well, my goodness gracious, I'm not judging you like I'm your judge. But when you're late every time for work, I'm, I'm, it's okay for me to say there's a problem with tardiness. Okay, it's, it's all right, you know. So, we've got to understand that, you know. Well, he's judging me. He's... He, Well, your fruit is doing the judging for you. And if your fruit stand is bad, it's bad. Don't be trying to doctor it up. Amen? But when we think of Balaam, and this is important for you to understand, there's a mixture of Christianity and witchcraft that is in the world today uh, people that profess Christ but yet give Illuminati hand signs uh, you know do satanic hand signs things of that nature even people that, that we trust now I, I, uh, Lord why do, you, why do you do this to me anyway I'm trying to be a, obedient to the Lord but even the politicians that we look to save our country are a part of secret societies and we should never put our trust in any man anyway. We put our trust in the Lord. Amen? And if they so happen to go with biblical ideas and, and the will of God, then praise God. But if not, I ain't going to lose my lunch over it or lose any sleep over it. I'm going to continue to pursue the, the passion of Jesus Christ and be a disciple. Amen? But we've got to watch out for the Balaams of the world. Now, see, Balaam is a character that is talked... All throughout the Bible. The prophets talked about Balaam and the sin of Balaam. And in the New Testament, Balaam is referred to. In Jude and in Peter. And this is important for you to understand, is that this is the spirit of compromise. This is the spirit in which teaching people to commit sexual immorality and idolatry and calling it grace... And giving a giving license to you know this kind of behavior. This is not good. Amen. This is not good. But when we see Balaam, Balaam is talking to Yahweh. It clearly says the Lord talked to him. Capital L O R D. Yahweh talks to Balaam. Well, you know God talks to everybody if they'll listen. Even people that aren't pursuing Him, He'll talk to them. Okay? But that doesn't mean they're a prophet of God. That doesn't mean that they are sold out to the Lord. That doesn't mean that you should take their word and believe their message. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? Amen. So we should always judge everything by the Word and by the witness. The Word and the witness. Amen? And so Balaam talks to the Lord, and the Lord has him go and, and declare in front of Balak these three very intense blessings over Israel. And they get more intense every time. There's three of them, and they get more intense every time, even prophesying the demise of the Moabites that's pretty bold God prophesies through you the demise of the Moabites and you're before the Moabite king that's pretty bold that's the way God works amen and uh, but then we go to chapter 25 where Balak and and Balaam separate you know they separate uh, and it seems like Balaam is Okay, because nothing transpired. But then in the 25th chapter of Numbers, we see the men of Israel beginning to fellowship and beginning to date and and beginning to have relationships with Moabite women and Amorite women and worshiping their gods. And we begin to see that God is offended and upset with this And causes you know judgment To come down now get a hold Of that picture because This is what demons Do to believers Okay Demons do Exactly what Balaam Did He taught the the Moabites and the Amorites And the other enemies Of Israel You can't curse what God has blessed but you can put them in a position where God's curse will come on them do you understand that it's so important for you to understand that it's not that God's up there wanting to curse his own people it's that when they walk out from his covering And begin to do things that bring about the curse. And that's what demons try to do. Demons cannot curse you directly. You have to cooperate with your own destruction. You've got to cooperate with it. So what do demons do? They entice us to step outside of the bounds of our covenant with God. To get us over in areas to where they have legal right to afflict us. Okay? So you gotta understand that. Christ has redeemed us from the curse, Christ has delivered us from every curse. But we can walk out of the will of God just like we can walk out of this building when it is hailing outside and we can get hit with some hail. Amen? Because the environment of the fallen world is constant. It's 24-7. It never ceases. The only covering you and I have is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He never never backs away and says, I'm not going to walk with you in here. No, He's always with you. But we can walk out of His will. We can walk out of His will. Now, thank God, repentance brings us right back. And come on now. And that's one thing I make sure the devil knows. You never got a chance to repent. Tell demons, you never got a chance to repent. I've been given the opportunity to repent. I count repentance as the most precious thing I could ever have. Be able to repent, be able to change, amen? So so it's important that we, that we remember that. Because... That is Leviathan. Leviathan knows what will keep you or keep your spiritual life in suffocation and seeks to keep you in that mode without you even being aware of it. Okay? See, they don't like to be exposed. Have you ever opened the door, uh, you know, if in a dark closet or something that, that's got some rats and got some, they don't like the light. You you open it up, what are they going to do? They're going to scurry. And that's, that's a type of, of spirits. When light is shed on them, then they they don't like it because once light is, they're exposed. And praise God, in the name of Jesus, you can deal with them but most people don't even realize that leviathan is even wrapped around them they don't have any clue about this spirit that seeks to wrap around them it's basically akin to um, you know the um, the python spirit in uh, act 16 you know that just seeks to suffocate you spiritually to Take your breath away. What does breath represent? Your spiritual life. Okay? And so that's what uh, Leviathan seeks to do. So let's turn in our Bibles to one of the longest passages about Leviathan in Job. In the book of Job, I believe it is Job 41, maybe a little bit more than that. Yeah, it's Job 41. Job 41. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture because I want you to get a handle on, on this spirit. Then we're going to be uh, shutting the door, amen? We're going to shut the door on this spirit in our lives, amen? And just like I said, Sunday, these are hurtful messages, but you'll thank me and you'll thank the Lord, Amen? Because when we deal with this stuff, you're going to recognize it. Now, listen, guys. If you're listening to these messages and you're going, I know so-and-so's like that, (laughs) you're missing the point. You don't need to become the spirit-aware police (laughs) and recognizing spirits in other people, although you will, and it's quite useful in your ability to handle situations and be able to minister to people but you should be first looking in the mirror right, yes. and stop looking out the window. Yes, good. Amen? And so look in the mirror, recognize Him in your life, right. get rid of Him, Amen. and then help others. Amen. Jesus said, how can you remove the speck out of your neighbor's eye when you've got a 2 before 4 in yours? He said, first remove... The two-by-four out of yours, and then you'll be able to help and assist with the taking away of the splinter. Amen? And so it's important that we look at ourselves first, okay? Now, Job is an often misunderstood book of the Bible. Um, When it comes to healing and it comes to God's willingness to heal and His capability to do so, or to bring back Uh, repair and restoration in our lives many people stumble over this book they absolutely stumble over it because they believe that there's doctrines that come forth from this book that god and the devil are in cahoots and that they work together uh, and that god commissions the devil to test and to try his people that is not what the bible teaches is not what this book even teaches what it teaches is this, and I'll give you an overview and we may cover it a little bit more, you know, in, in the next few lessons. I, it's not the emphasis of my time here tonight, but Job gets afflicted by the devil. The devil is the one that brought everything to him, and he gets afflicted by the devil, and uh, he loses his family, he loses his, uh, all of his uh, well-being, he loses his health you know, for a period of time. Uh, Some say, expositors will tell you this is a a nine-month-to-a-year period of time. And so he went through a a painful year. How many have went through a painful year? Okay, yeah, we all go through them. Amen? In the world, you're going to have what? Tribulation. That's a promise. That's just as much a promise as God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so we need to understand that tribulation and pressure and and test and trial are going to come to us all. So he gets in here now We we kind of stop at the fact that you know after the first chapter it says that job did not um, you know speak Against God with his mouth and and we we, we use that and, and really You don't really understand job Until you went through a job moment in your life <laughs> You just you just I mean, i'm serious. I didn't understand it to the degree that I understand it now going through what I went through I understand it a lot now okay now I'm not saying I've cornered the market on it because I have not there's still a lot of things I don't understand I'm still pursuing the Lord but I understand it more than I used to understand it because I went through a moment like Job I'm not going to put myself on the same level as Job but I'm going to um, just tell you that When you go through these things, you can see the procession that Job went through, and you can recognize it in your own life, okay? The thing about Job is is that he started off good, and that's what majority of people, when they get a bad report or something happens in their life, they'll always start off good. There's many times that someone has lost a loved one, and you'll ask them, How are you doing? I'm doing okay, I really am, the Lord's grace is upon me. But then later on in the process, you begin to see some hiccups. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like when a person gets a doctor's report, that is not very good. And, uh, and so initially when the report, you call them or you visit with them and you say, how are you doing, my brother, are you doing all right? Yes, I'm doing, the Lord will sustain me. He has been faithful to me. I know that he'll be faithful to me in this as well. And so they start off really well. And then the the grind, the grind of of, of going through the process from belief to manifestation, you know, they, they begin to go through seasons of doubt, discouragement, Frustration, pain, suffering, okay? And, and so they go through this and they get very, very tired, okay? The thing about Job is, is that Job kind of shows us this drama and if we've ever lived life long enough to experience something of that nature, it, it, it is exactly the same routine in each one of our lives, we start off strong. Our wife tells us to curse God and die. And, and, and we stand strong. But then we have friends <laughs> <laughs> that come and sit down with us. And instead of being in the mirror, they're in the window. And everyone thinks they know what's wrong with you without even knowing anything. Well, this must be the case because, listen, Job, you're a good man. You must have done something wrong. And so he begins to go through this grind. Now, here is the crux, and this is the main doorway that Leviathan slithers slithers through. When you go through trial and pain, and you're going through this grind of of recuperation, you get a good report one week, you get a bad one the next. You get a good report, you go a month and you feel great. You go two weeks and you feel horrible. You go through all these things. And all the while, you've got people that are experts on you. Telling you, well, it must be this. You must have a a, a, a familiar spirit. You know, the I, pastor said this, and you need. You know, that's not. That's not what needs to be going on. Hello. See, as ministers, we need to be known for our ears right. more than our mouth. And if you really want to help someone who's infirmed and going through a process of restoration, you need to put the lock on your lips. And you need to listen and give them permission to speak openly and candidly about where they're at. Because if they're putting on a mask, they're not going to get helped anyway. Hello. So Job's trying to guard his life, and he's debating with these people. Okay? I'd love to go through the entire book. I can't do it. He's debating with these people. Now, here is where this sleight of hand happens. Okay? Through his arguing with his friends, Job begins to transition From humility at the beginning to self-righteousness. He begins to say, I can stand before God. In fact, I want to call an audience with him and and him explain to me what's went on. Listen, that's no way to talk. That's no way to talk to God. That is no way. Now listen, guys, I've been there. I'll just be honest with you. I've been there. I've been there where I just said, God... And, and Job even went on to say, and I know no one in this room has ever said this, but Job went on to say, God hadn't done anything for me. He got so wore down that he was saying stuff like that. Have you ever said stuff like that? I can tell you that. I, I, I'll, I'll be, you know, it's like I'm at an AA meeting. I, I, you know, I... You know, I mean, I've said that. Stupid, dumb, ignorant, out of my flesh, but I've said it. You know, you get worn down. But here's the problem. Now you're out of the realm where God can heal you. And you're in self-justification. You're in self-righteousness. You are in pride. And the Bible says that God resists the proud. See, now we're going back to Balaam. Now we're going back to Balaam. What did Balaam say? Get their God to curse them because I can't curse them. And there ain't no demon that can curse them. Oh, praise God. Ain't no demon, ain't no devil, ain't no other God that can curse these people. But you get them to go against their covenant with God, then you'll have them. And that's how Leviathan works. He knows he can't slither in unless he has some form of access. And it's very, very subtle. Because you know what, when you're going through something and you've experienced pain in your life and you've experienced disappointment in your life, there's two ways that pride comes in. Pride can come in through success and pride can come in through failure. Because when you get over in success, you can get puffed up and said, I did this, I achieved this. But when you get over into failure, you begin to safeguard yourself and begin to put up a protective fence and barrier around you that keeps you from experiencing God and experiencing others. And you say, I will never be hurt again. I will never. Come on now. And it's the same stuff. And it's pride. And it's Leviathan. See, it's important that you see the subtlety of the enemy because it's real easy for us to say, you know, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and, I'm the, you know, and, and and really in all actuality, you're saying it in a spirit of self-righteousness rather than dependency upon his grace and his mercy. Well, if God doesn't heal me, then he don't heal. These are phrases that we don't even need to be uttering out of our mouths. Okay, because these, these, are, these are arrogant. These are like, God, we're going to call you into the court. And we're going to judge you based upon what I'm personally experiencing. And that's when Leviathan just coils himself around you and hardens your heart and chokes your spiritual life to where it, it's just no fun anymore. And you slip away and go to heaven. And, you know, I don't want to go to heaven saying, God, I'm so sorry. I was so stupid. I was so dumb. Nobody wants to go. Because I guarantee you, I'm going to go before Jesus. And if I'm in that frame of mind. And I'm going to have to repent in heaven. Hello. Repentance don't just stop when we leave here. There's going to be stuff I want to apologize for. Come on. You see his majesty and his glory. You fall down at his feet. And you thinking all the stupid things you said about his character and about his nature and claiming that he is unfaithful. Job got into this. And in fact, Job is delivered when he repents of his pride. Because his self-righteous stance caused him also to look at his friends and be bitter towards them. And it says that God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for what? His friends. That is a place of humility, my friends. Amen? So that's a little primer on Job, okay? So it's not about... Is God good or is he bad? That is not the purpose of Job. God is good. The devil is bad. Job opened the door. He went through a process. God was with him the whole time. And you've got to understand also when you read the book of Job that Job did not have the revelations that you and I have. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's only maybe less than a six times that the devil is even mentioned in the Old Testament. It was not a revelation to Old Testament saints that there was a devil. Jesus' ministry exposed the hidden secret world of the enemy. No other ministry did that. Prophets would see certain things, like Zechariah saw Satan standing in a vision that he had. Satan caused David to count and number Israel. But that's from God's perspective. David didn't know that was going on. You understand that? So when he says, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, that's not an accurate, truly statement, true statement. Because God did not take his stuff away. But to him, because he doesn't understand that there's an adversary, he just thought it all came from God. And that's the reason why it says a, uh, a storm or a wind that came from God. Do you understand that? See, everything in the Bible is inspired and accurate, but not everything that's said is true. What Job said about God is not true in fact God got on to him so much so that Job said I'll put my hand over my mouth and I will no longer utter anything hello and Job repented see we don't want to talk about that well I'm just like old Job you know I'm just going through a Job season in my life Really? Like it's some kind of high level of piety to be like Job. That's not the teaching of the book. The teaching of the book is repent of pride. Self-righteousness. Self-justification. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Okay. So in God's answer to Job calling him down... And saying, I got some questions for you, big guy. You know, sometimes you feel like that. Amen? Sometimes you feel like that. Wrong, wrong, but sometimes you feel like that. God, I want an audience with you. I want to put you on the witness stand. I want to cross-examine you on this experience that I'm going through. Because this is hardcore what I'm going through and I got to know if you're in this or if you come on We've all been there all been there Well, you know, we know that he began to say who are you? And he began to say did you were, you know Tell me how this is made and tell me how this was done and tell me how And Job just can't you know, there's some things that I love my grandkids But sometimes there are questions I can't answer them. It's not that I don't know the information. I know the information. I just can't break it down to them for them to understand it. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, God is big. And sometimes we talk to Him like our spouse and our children hello and it's not right it's not right you can get too familiar to where you're disrespectful come on I I believe in this you know I mean I I love intimacy with the Lord I I love the fact that I can talk to him about anything but you know there's a process to that the Bible prescribes in entering into his presence there's protocols. Amen? I don't know about you, but this is pretty good. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're, you're getting anything out of this, but that's good. I mean, hair's going to be popping out of your chest by the time you get out of here. You're going to be growing up. So, after all this and putting Job in a position of humility... God shows him his problem. Now, a lot of times we are blinded to what the problem really is. We're so can't see the forest for the trees that it takes, you see, a process. A lot of what I went through, there were things that he was able to tell me only after I went through something. But the problem is, is that when we go through those times in between revelations or in between breakthroughs, we have this deceptive, um, deceptive mindset. That says God lets go. Let me let me show you that right here, okay? Joel, come on up here. Okay? So I'm going to be the Lord. Okay. okay? And and Joel gets a bad report. Now I'm with I'm with Joel, okay? So Joel gets a bad report. Now this is now we wouldn't say this, but this is what we think. Okay? Joe got a bad report, and, you know, you get in your prayer closet, and we're just having a good time talking, and uh, you've got a, another doctor's appointment coming up, okay? And and we've just had a wonderful time, and, I mean, you're feeling the strength of the Lord. You're so encouraged by the Word. You've just had some wonderful times, and, and then this this is this is kind of what we think. Okay, go to your appointment now. that's not how it works he sits right down there with the doctor he's right there in the hospital room he's right there in the jail cell but we've got this wrong idea that okay buddy okay you you be strong and you, just like mama does when you go on your first day of school you know you, you, no he does he goes to school with you he faces the bully with you. Yeah. Amen. Amen? So so we got this mistaken notion that, that God's aloof to our life, and only through religious means do we cause Him to get engaged. And that is entirely false. And the devil said, well, you didn't tie this week. Come on, I'm serious. He'll use anything. The devil plays dirty. You didn't tie this week. You didn't read your Bible very much. I know you told everybody who's going to read an hour a day, and you ain't even read five minutes this week. And you think that God's not going to the doctor's office with you, based on five minutes of Bible reading? It's deception. It's absolute deception, and you need to get free of it. Amen. But there are certain revelations that happened in my life that brought breakthrough to my health that only came after I had went through something. It's almost as if God was breaking open hardened areas of my life, things that I really couldn't see roots that were deep in me that I didn't know were in me in situations and circumstances and even the tactics and the onslaught of the enemy would expose them but see many times we face those things and we think God you're not there because it hurts i don't know what hurt me worse Being in the hospital and hearing the bad report are being exposed to the stinkiness that was on the inside of me. I don't know what was worse. I'd have to say the stinkiness on the inside of me. It's far worse. Because that whole process was to reveal something that was at work in me that I couldn't recognize on my own Did God bring the sickness to expose that? No, not at all. He was trying to lead and guide me in all truth. But many times our stubbornness do not allow us to see what God is trying to tell us. And there's many times that I've sat in situations and I just knew this was going to happen. I just had a premonition. I would get something... As I'm sitting there in the hospital room Or in the ER or wherever And I just knew that I should have listened to the you know, Come on, how many know what I'm talking I just knew that there was uh, That I would missed it somewhere That God was proactively and preemptively Trying to keep me from this situation But I was too stubborn to listen I didn't have ears to hear Amen? God doesn't put sickness and disease on people. He doesn't try to teach us lessons through this situation. Okay? You fall for that, you'll never get healed. But does God use what the devil meant for bad and turn it for good? Does God use things to highlight certain things that the devil has put within us? Yes, He does. See, He's about... You know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it said it dried up from where? The roots. The roots. He's all about the root system. And that, that's, that's, that's for you he- people that need healing. Need to realize that you can pick fruit all you want. But when it's only when you get down to the root of the situation... And that's where Leviathan works. He works in the secret place. He hides under the surface. In fact, the word Leviathan, if we studied it um, mainly, what what they you know what most theologians will tell you that it is. They don't. It's a nondescript beast, and the fact that it is a sea monster. But uh, it's most likely the uh, Nile crocodile, okay? So a Nile crocodile, if you've ever seen a crocodile go after prey, uh, they will just get up to the bank and they'll kind of float and their eyes will just pop out and their little nose. Uh, I, I, crocodiles don't have the bulbous nose. That's, a, that's an alligator. But they, they just kind of creep underneath the surface. And they are explosive. I don't know if you've seen the National Geographics, you know, where they just pop right out and they'll grab that prey and they'll just grab it with fer- uh, ferocity and they're just explosive. And that's what Leviathan does. He explodes onto the scene. But he's been under the surface the whole time. And he's waiting for you to get just close enough to where he can grab a hold of you. And as we shared with you, the doorway is always this. And it's something we don't like to deal with. It's something we don't like to talk about, but it's pride. When our pride gets in the banks, he explosively comes up out of the water, grabs us, and then they go into what is known as a death roll. Leviathan is known as the twisting serpent. So this this crocodile grabs the prey and then begins to roll with with the prey, suffocating the prey in the water, but also spinning the prey in such a way that its limbs begin to come off of the body. And there begins to be separation. Okay? So, Leviathan is about explosive attacks from a secret place, death roll, to suffocate you in your spiritual life, to bring division. disunity okay I'm running out of time so I'm gonna have to not we'll deal with it more I promise you a couple comes in looking for a church for years finally finds a church just enjoys the pastor, enjoys the people of the church. The kids enjoy the ministry. The young people are enjoying the youth ministry. They couldn't be happier. But then one day the pastor gets up and begins to talk about a funding program for a building or for some kind of missions or something of that nature. It rubs the husband the wrong way. He begins to think, well, he's taking credit for all that God is doing here, talking about we built this and I built this and, and he, he begins to get an attitude. He begins to get an attitude every time it's brought up. Man, they just ask for money all the time. They just, you know, I, there's just not a service that goes by that they don't ask for money. And so he's creeping down the bank because he's standing in judgment he's standing in judgment okay all of a sudden Leviathan pops up explosively in his life begins to coil around him and begins to create the death roll that causes him to begin to separate from where God placed him this happened to Judas. Did you know that? Happened to Judas. Did you know what really set Judas off? Was the woman who came and spilt the box, broke that box. That was the last straw that Leviathan had rolled him. Take a little bit out of the pot, you know, make some plans try to get Jesus to do what he wants to do, but when Jesus got on to him in front of the other disciples and rebuked him for what he believed was wasteful, he went and met with the Sanhedrin to betray his Lord and Master. Now that's what happens. Finally, the couple, he's just so miserable because nobody can do anything right now because he's in a death row. And when you're in a death row, everything's wrong. Nobody can say the right thing. Nobody can do the right thing. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they say. It ain't right. So this critical spirit starts coming on him. And he can't help but spout off with his mouth about what he feels and what is really going on and what he thinks is going on. And so he begins to get so jaded and nasty and bitter that he finally begrudgingly meets with the pastor the pastor informs him that what he's bringing to the table is not true but the thing you got to understand about Leviathan is that he's the twisting serpent so that means that if I'm trying to reconcile with Harrison here and Harrison is under the Leviathan death roll. what comes out of my mouth twists as well yes, yes. where he doesn't hear what I'm saying. He hears what he wants to hear. You yes. Have you ever met with somebody that just met with the pastor or met with somebody that they needed to confront and there wasn't resolution? And they come and say this. Well, he said this, but I knew what he meant. That's Leviathan. That's Leviathan. You should never say that. Well, you said that, Pastor. No, I didn't. Yes, I heard you say that, Pastor. No, I did not say that. Well, I know what you were thinking. Leviathan so here this gentleman moves his family away from the church dismembers himself from the body takes his family and lets them just float in the streams of life unconnected Ready to be chomped. Ready to be ate. And that's how Leviathan works. Every church split. Every divorce. Leviathan's been around. Because I'm telling you what, what, what happens with divorce. We can't say anything. We can't communicate. We can't communicate. We try to sit down. We try to talk. We try to connect. But... He's twisting it. He's twisting it. He's twisting it. Well, you mean that. This is what you mean. You mean that back in 1975. Yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from from there. Come on. And he just twists it and twists it and twists it until nothing you say is right. The pastor apologizes, repents tries to bring the man back to Christ, tries to bring him back in reconciliation with himself and with the church, he won't hear of it. He will not hear of it because his pride is so strong that to come back and to say I was wrong, they'll never do it. And they'll say, well, I'm going to such and such house, and I'm going to this church, but they never stay. You want to know why? See how subtle he is? Husband comes home, has guests in the evening. Comes home, his wife's prepared the house. Got it all, you know, went and cooked a big meal and everything. And, and she's under a lot of pressure. She's been under pressure all week. Well, he comes home, you know, and the pressure of having the guests over and everything. And he says something, and she just goes off. Ah! How many know this story? Yeah. <laughs> guests are there, and she just lost it. She's just, at, she just had it. And she runs off in the room, slams the door, and you can hear her blubbering in there. The gentleman has enough spiritual fortitude to ask his guests to pray with him. So they pray. As they pray, they get a release. And he gets up from that chair. He goes down that long hall. He knocks on that door. He opens up. He takes her in her arm and his arms And she and he says, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I didn't realize that you had. She said, I have had a horrible week and this just put a lot of pressure on me but just a minute ago It lifted off of me, and I am so... That's Leviathan. That's getting rid of Leviathan. What gets rid of Leviathan? Humility. He hates it. He hates it. He can't breathe when God's in the room. But the more we... See this... Oh, goodness gracious. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay. So, Job is posed with a question, and it's found in the first verse. It says, can you draw out Leviathan with a fishhook? Now, obviously, Job knows who Leviathan is. Okay? Most uh, Bible expositors will tell you that Job was during the time of the patriarchs. He did not have the knowledge you and I had of the new covenant or of what Jesus has done, so he was dealing mainly. I mean, he was doing sacrifices in his backyard, so he didn't understand there was no tabernacle, there was no Shiloh, there was no... no. I mean, so he's got a, a very elementary view of God and his relationship with God. And uh, he says, Can you draw Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaws with a hook? So he's basically saying, can you lure him? Can you catch him like you catch a fish? Absolutely not. No. See, what is he trying to say? That this force that is in his life is bigger than anything he could even imagine. When you're dealing with pride in your life, I know we laugh about it. I know we, you know we talk about it flippantly. But it is a force that will destroy your life. And it is only through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and our humility towards it that frees us from these things. If it wasn't for Jesus, if you knew what Jesus truly delivered you from, you would not complain, not one minute in your life. But most Christians don't have an understanding of what's arrayed against them, okay? He says, will he make many plea to you? Will he speak to you soft words? Is he going to be your buddy? Is he going to be someone that you're going to call a confidant and someone that's going to give you counsel? Absolutely not. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Okay? He says, will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird? Or will you put him on a leash for your girls? You'll make him a pet. He homie, don't play that. Right. <laughs> he does not play that. He'll act like you control him. But he has come for one thing, destructions, destruction. I want to look at a couple of verses, and then we'll close out. Drop down to verse number 15. It says, His back is made of rows of shields. Now, I shared with you that the demonic world wants to express themselves in the physical. And the only way that they can do that is through a human host. So, the characteristics of Leviathan can be seen manifesting in our countenance, Our attitudes, our body language, the way we talk, the way we uh, communicate, okay? But he noticed it says, His back is made of a row of shields, shut up closely as with a seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. Now, that word "air" is the Hebrew word ruach. So, what is this illustrating? That when you're under the influence of Leviathan, he will shield you with your offense, with your hurt, and with your pain, and that they'll be so close together... That the Ruach of God cannot penetrate it. <laughs> I've seen people like this. God moves in a service, and they're just, it, it's just like going and uh, sitting out outside. I mean, there, there's nothing, and it's because they're so bound with their pride concerning their pain. See, that's what Job, Job, he went through some pain. So he thought his pain gave him a ticket to stand in self-righteousness. And his spiritual life is stuck because he's got a shield around him. But the ruach of God, the breath of God, is not going in and out of his life like it should. you understand what I'm saying? Okay? So, he's closed off to the move of God. The move of God doesn't, he isn't moved by it. He's not sensitive to it. You say, man, God really moved it. He, he don't have, what do you mean? You know, football comes on at 2. i got to go. Come on. Hello. All right. It says, They are joined one to another. They clasp each other and cannot be separated. So here you have one offense that leads to another offense. That leads to another transgression and another pain. And look, look how they multiply. And they all get tied together. You know, if you're going through a painful time in your life, here is is the ruse of the enemy. The ruse of the enemy is that he wants to multiply your pain. He wants to create pain babies. He wants to continue to allow that to build in your life. Until it's all around you. You're in a cocoon of pain and shame and hurt and offense and bitterness. You've got your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you're living in hell. Amen? Amen. You got time for a couple more? You all right? Okay. All right. Drop down to verse number 19. It says, out of his mouth go flaming torches, sparks of fire leap forth. How can you tell that Leviathan is on the scene? When they talk with fire. What do I mean? Are they talking about the Holy Spirit? No, they're talking about their neighbor. They're talking about their pastor. They're talking about their children. They're talking about their children job they're talking come on and it just burns 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 nothing's right hello well I really love brother so and so he came down and helped me well I'll tell you something hello they're miserable people They don't even realize that they're under the sway of this spirit. They think it's just my bold opinion because I'm the know-it-all. I know everything. I sit on the throne of the earth because that's the attitude of Leviathan. I sit on the throne of the earth. I know what Bob's doing. You don't know Bob like I know Bob. (laughs) Come on. And just spit fire and burn down people's reputation. Burn down people's ideas and burn. Come on. This is wrong. This is wrong. It says out of his nostrils come forth smoke. I may have had someone blow smoke towards you. Hello. As from boiling pot and burning rushes, his breath kindles coals. They're always kindling strife. Can't be happy about nothing or nobody's success. Hello. Someone gets a brand new car. They aren't impressed. They begin to tell you that, you know, tell others that you must have stole that money or something. Come on now. I'm serious. I've had it happen. Just because they couldn't buy that car? They say stupid stuff. Like, well, I like the roll down windows better because they're more reliable. <laughs> or they'll say stuff like that. Someone gets a nice house? They say, I I wouldn't want a big house. It's too much to clean. Really? Really? If you had the money, you'd buy the house. <laughs> but that's Leviathan. He just sprays. Well, I don't know what they're doing. They must have went down to the... played to the slots and got some... <laughs> Hello? Sarah. Well, there's something suspect about that. I remember one... <laughs> I'm just going to tell, <laughs> tell the story. Uh-huh. I was given a car, I think it was about, what, six, seven years ago? The the elders got together, and they got me a vehicle. And uh, it was nice. I mean, I, I wasn't in on it. I didn't go down and pick anything. I didn't even I didn't even get to see it. They just said, go down to such and such and pick this car up. And, and when, when I went and picked it up, I was absolutely overwhelmed. I almost passed out almost passed out okay almost passed out I mean it's the nicest vehicle that I ever had in my life and the very people now these people are long gone so don't be trying to you know (laughs) but the very people that got me that car were the worst complainers about that car No pastor should be driving a car like that. I'm serious. Come on. Can I get a witness? No pastor should ever have a car like that. Well, what kind of car should he have? Because the last one I was driving was put together with duct tape and chicken wire. And I ran it to 300,000 miles. And guess what? That car, I went to almost 300,000 miles. So before you think I'm just rolling in the dough, (laughs) come on, people, get that. People accuse you of ingratiating yourself that every offering is for the hot tub tub fund. Every offering is for... Come on, they get in that. It's Leviathan. Are there pastors that do stupid stuff? yeah are there frauds and con men in the ministry absolutely absolutely hello but they begin to get suspicious and begin to start painting pictures that aren't real and aren't true they stir up strife boiling it's always boiling come on oh this is fun isn't it this is fun Okay, one more, one more, all right? You don't want to go out in the rain, do you? Okay. Maybe two more, amen? Verse 22. In his neck abides strength, and terror dances before him. What's he talking about? Stiff-necked. A prideful, arrogant person is stiff-necked. You try to get them to look at this option, neck can't move. Try to look at this option. No, I want what I want. This is what I want, and I can't see anything else. It's the spirit of Leviathan. Spirit of Leviathan. Okay. Drop down to verse number 34. Well, 33. It says, On earth there is not his like, a creature without fear. He sees everything that is high, and he is king over all the sons of pride. Hello. So when pride is evident, which pride is uninvolvement with God. Did you know that? It's uninvolvement with God. It says, I know better than the Word of God about any situation. And I know better about you. Instead of trusting my relationship to Him, I'm going to be Lord over this relationship. And I'm going to control you through my tongue and through my intimidation. And you're going to want to be my friend because I give you money and give you things, but I do it with a hook in it. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. (laughs) But that is what Leviathan does. Now we're going to talk about pride and stuff as we, we go further along. But you need to understand this. The harder the battle, the lower you need to go. The harder the battle, the lower you need to go. Leviathan, notice what it says. Well, let's go back to that scripture. Because that's good. That goes right with it. And Job. Let me read it to you. It's by Nicodemus 4. So you know, no, that's a joke. <laughs> he sees everything that is high. So if you are operating haughtily and in arrogance, he sees you. Yes. Talking about yourself all the time, he sees you thinking you're the one for your success. He sees you. Johnny, Sit up. Stand up. Listen, everybody else is lower than Johnny right now. I'm Leviathan. Where do you think I'm going to go? You see what I'm saying? Go ahead and sit down, brother. The harder the difficulty, the lower you need to get. Because when you start saying, Well, I deserve, you know, I go to church all the time. I don't know why I got this diagnosis. You're just standing up. And Leviathan sees everything that's high. What happens when the doctor says something? Sir, you've got an illness that can never be healed or cured. We're just going to have to treat it and give the best life necessary. Well, you don't get in arrogance and stand up and and, and you get down as flat as you can get. And you say, Father God, I need you. And guess what? Leviathan can't see you. But you get up and you start... I don't understand what this happened to me. You know, pedophiles are able to do all this stuff, and, and I don't get to do anything. I, uh, come on. There's, are your sinner friends? Oh, they get, they're having fun, and I'm not. I serve the Lord. He sees you. He sees you. And he's just going to wrap around you and suffocate you, take you down. Why so and so get the opportunity? And I don't, I deserve the opportunity as well. I, I deserve. Come on. Yeah. One of the hardest things I ever had to deal with was submission to, 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 to my pastor. It was one of the hardest things for me to do, but it was for my good. And, you know, I would pray to the Lord and I'd say, Why is he so hard on me? And the Lord says, Because I told him to be. That's as clear as a bell. I, I didn't like it, but I, you know, come on. Yeah. Yeah. People can't submit to nobody, no nothing. Right. They think they're going to experience freedom in your life. You're a fool. You're an absolute fool. Leviathan is the independent spirit. It says, "I can do it. I can make it happen. I will be the the." The architect of my dreams, my desires. Amen. And it's in the church. It's worse in the church than it is in the world. I'll stop there. Take a little sip. This will help you. This will help you. Save you a whole lot of money. Save you a whole lot of time if you listen. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm excited about this weekend. Amen. We are going to have a powerful time this next week. We're going to see the move of God corporately yes. in our Arise Revival. Amen? Yes. And so I'm looking forward to it. Just come every chance you can get. we got day sessions. we got night sessions. Camp meeting style. So that means... Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, we just do it. Amen? And so sometimes they'll preach and sometimes they'll not preach because the Holy Spirit will do, want to do something. But, you know, we're leaving ourselves open to what He wants. Amen? And we've got some powerful lineups of some good speakers. Uh, Chad Gonzalez is going to be with us. A tremendous minister of healing and miracles um, in fact Sid Roth is signing him up to have a show on his uh, its supernatural network so he I mean he, he he's a mover and a shaker so looking forward to him Sunday morning and Sunday night and then we've got a lot of wonderful speakers and our um, trained ministers network'll we'll be meeting as well with all of our ministers from Kansas and Just right down the road, they'll all be with us, and we're just going to have a celebration. Amen? Amen? So I encourage you to come and attend and take advantage of it. Amen? You're dismissed in Jesus' name.